Hi, welcome to the Diversity in the D. Today we're going to cover basically Motown, Tammy Terrell, and Marvin Gaye. But first we want to talk about you, talk to you, not about you, about Hitsville and Detroit. If you're from Detroit, we all have passed the historical Hitsville, USA, located on 2648 West Grand Boulevard in Detroit. The home was purchased in 1959 and it was converted into a record label and recording studio by Barry Gordy. But we all don't know the dark reality behind the abuse, murder, and drug addiction associated with Motown. So we're going to give you a glimpse into Motown and the dark side of Motown. Marvin Gaye was shot by his father. The Jackson 5 had to go through abuse by, the, by their father. The Supremes, Diana Ross, was the biggest success story, but the other members had less than happy endings. Florence Ballard had a tragic life and died at the age of 32 in 1976. She was only 15 years old when her father died, and she was raped by a friend at 17. She drank heavily. Her best friend, Mary Wilson, said the rape ate Flo's insides. She was scared for the rest of her life. She had a failed solo career and suffered financial problems, and at the age of 32, she died of coronary thrombosis. Her friend, Mary Wilson, died suddenly at the age of 76 in February of 2021. One of the saddest stories is Mary Wells. She achieved the first number one Motown song with My Guy. At the age of 17, Wells married Herman Griffin, and who was a background singer for Motown. He allegedly cheated on her with a prostitute. He also made Wells get two abortions for the sake of her career. They divorced in 1963, and the year after, two years after her success, she walked away from Motown, and her career suffered. In 1966, Wells later married Cecil Womack, Womack from the Valentinos, but cheated on him later with his brother Curtis. She attempted suicide in 1977 and struggled with depression and also battled addiction to heroin. She smoked for many years and her voice reduced to a whisper and she could no longer perform so she struggled for money. She was diagnosed with cancer in the larynx in 1990 and died from the cancer on July 28, 1992 after suffering from pneumonia. Tammy Terrell, who was beaten by James Brown and David Ruffin, and was later diagnosed with a brain tumor and died a month short of her 27th birthday on March 16, 1970. And then, the, and then the DeBarges, who suffered so many tragedies that many people regard the family as cursed. The family had three music acts. The band Switch, the group DeBarge, and solo, solo art, artist Chico DeBarge. Bobby was in Switch and was addicted to heroin and was sentenced to prison for five years in 1988 for drug trafficking. He contracted HIV in 1980s. He died of AIDS in 1995 at the age of 39 years old. We covered his story on our last episode. Bobby's father died in 2009 and he abused his wife. In 1986, Aldi Barge pleaded no contest after a woman said he pulled her hair, dragged her to the floor, and hit her. When she refused his advances, he received a $200 fine plus 200 hours of community service. Paul Williams, a member of the Temptations, had sickle cell anemia and was an alcoholic and supposedly took his own life on August 17, 1973. We also covered his life and death on an earlier episode. And that about covers the sad dark side of Motown. Rest in peace to all these great, eps- great artists.
Now on to the Tammy Terrell story. <clears throat> Tammy Terrell was one of the most popular singers of Motown in the early 1960s. Many people forget about Tammy, mainly because of her untimely death at the age of 24 in 1970. With her talent, I can all imagine what she would have gone on to do if she had better health, also all the bad luck in her personal life. Tammy's career began as a teenager, recording for Scepter Wander Records. Then she spent two years as a member of James Brown's live show. She recorded briefly with Chess Records before singing with Motown in 1965. She did a lot of duets with Marvin Gaye, who was a close friend of hers. They had a lot of hits like Ain't No Mountain High Enough, Ain't Nothing Like the Best Thing, and You're All I Need to Get By, and so many more to name. Terrell suffered mental and physical trauma after walking home from school when she was a teenager, she was raped by three boys. And in 1962, at 17 years old, Tammy was in an abusive relationship with James Brown, the singer who was 12 years older than her. In 1963, Brown assaulted Tammy for not watching his entire performance. And that's when she decided to leave him. A former member of the Flamous Flame, Flamous Fames, Bobby Bennett witnessed it, saying he beat Tammy terrible. She was bleeding, shedding blood. Tammy left him because she didn't want her butt whipped. In 1966, Tammy and David Ruffin started a romance. And that year, she also accepted David's marriage proposal. She discovered he was already married and had three children and another girlfriend in Detroit shortly after she announced their engagement on stage. Ruffin's drug addiction and the fact of his infidelity led to many violent arguments. Tammy ended their relationship in 1967 after David hit her in the head with his motorcycle helmet. When Tammy was a child, she would have migraines and headaches and she would suffer from them as a star. At Hamden Sydney College, Virginia on October 14, 1967, her and Marvin Gaye were performing Your Precious Love when she collapsed into Marvin's arms on stage. She was then diagnosed with a malignant tumor on the right side of her brain and underwent surgery in 1968. By 1969, she retired due to doctor's orders and was too ill to record new music or do live performance. It was claimed that her third album, Easy, with Marvin Gaye, that Valerie Simpson had sung for Tammy, but Gaye said that was just a money-making scheme on Barry Gordy's part. Simpson claimed that Tammy was brought to the studio when she was strong enough and recorded over Simpson's vocals. Tammy's final appearance was in 1969 at the Powell Theater. Gay spotted Tammy while performing. He then rushed to her side and they sang, You're all I need to get by. They received a standing ovation. In 1970s, complications from her brain cancer combined Tammy to a wheelchair. She also suffered from blindness, hair loss, and only weighed 93 pounds. On January of 1970, she had her eighth operation and fell into a coma. A month before her 25th birthday, she died on March 16th. According to her fiancé, her mother angrily banned everyone at Motown from her funeral, except for Marvin Gaye, because she felt he was her closest friend. Marvin Gaye delivered a eulogy while You're All I Need to Get By was playing. Marvin Gaye never fully got over Tammy's death, and it would lead him into a depression and drug abuse. His classical album, What's Going On, 
was also in part of a reaction to Tammy's death. And that is Tammy Terrell. So what do you think? There's a lot of things going on in Motown people didn't know about, which is crazy, and how record labels will allow their artists to be getting abused by other other artists. Well, I think mainly with record labels, it's like all about the money. They don't give a shit as long as they're making the money. You know, it's all about the money. Yeah, it's just crazy. And wonder why record labels is the way they is now. Mm-hmm crazy so now you do want to do Marvin Gaye you want me to do Marvin Gaye okay now here's Marvin Gaye Marvin Gaye was also known as the Prince of Motown he was one of the Motown's biggest stars he had hits like Pride and Joy and I heard it through the grapevine his latest release like his 1971 hit, What's Going On, remains one of the most pivotal protest songs of all time. It also made him a voice of a general generation wanting for society societal change. He performed many duets with Tammy Terrell that were hits, but just like her music, ended by her death, so would Marvin Gaye's. Gaye's life wasn't easy. His father, Marvin Gaye Sr., was a preacher at a Hebrew Pente- Pentecostal church. He was very strict and kept to his moral code and made sure his children did too. Gate once said living with a father was like living with a king, an all-cruel, change-able, cruel, and all-powerful king. Gay's mom also said many times that Marvin's father harbored animosity towards him. She said, my husband never wanted Marvin and he never liked him. For some reason, he didn't love Marvin. And what's worse, he didn't want me to love Marvin either. Marvin wasn't very old before he understood that. Gay's father said he fancied himself as a prophet and message giver. And then Marvin became held as a voice of his generation, and yet Marvin wasn't living a godly life. And it seemed so unfair to his father that was a reverend, and Marvin was so close to his mother. Sadly, Marvin's time in the spotlight was cut short. When on April 1st, 1984, he was shot by his own father one day before his 45th birthday. Gay's father and mother had gotten into an argument at their house. Marvin stood up for his mother screaming at his father, You can't talk to my mother like that. Which led Marvin and his father get into a heated physical fight. After the fight, Marvin's father walked up to Marvin with a 38 caliber revolver and shot him twice. The first shot was fatal. But his father still shot him a second time, point blank. Marvin's trauma as a child and drug drug addiction, and many say the death of his close friend Tammy Terrell sent him into a deep depression. Towards the end of his life, his final words were, I got what I wanted. I couldn't do it myself, so I made him do it. His father pleaded no contest to the murder. He claimed he fired the shot, but thought it was loaded with blanks or BBs. During a jail interview, his father said, I pulled the trigger. The first one didn't seem to bother him. <clears throat> he put his hand on his face like he'd been hit with a BB. And then I fired again. I was backing up toward my room. I was going to go in there and lock the door. He was given a six-year suspen- suspended prison sentence. He died of pneumonia in 1998. 
Gates Pierce had a memorial service in the Hollywood Hills following his death. Smokey Robinson and Stevie Wonder delivered eulogies to their fellow Motown star. Wonder said, Marvin was a person who encouraged me that the music I had within me, I must feel free to let come out. He also compared a, composed a tribute song titled Lighting Up the Candles that would later appear on his 1991 album Jungle Fever. Gate was inducted to the Rock and Roll Fame in 1987, Russian Peace, Marvin Gaye. That's wild. I don't understand. Like, that just, I mean, that just smells premeditated anywhere it goes. He never liked it, his own son. <laughs> and he, and I, I mean, I'm not the smartest person in the world. I mean, anybody that have, you can leave any comments, but I'm not the smartest person in the world, but. When in the hell do 38 revolvers you could put BBs or blanks in those damn guns? They, they, come on now. They can't they don't even leave they don't even leave a fucking shell cases. So how is that even possible? And the whole thing is, is he admitted that he was jealous of Marvin because he was a pastor. He thought of himself as a prophet. But Marvin's out there spreading word through music, which was ungodly. Like so obviously you had jealousy and animosity and even Marvin's mother said that he never wanted Marvin. So So that was the easiest way out. He probably been wanted to do that. He <laughs> did and that's what Marvin gave like since he was impressed he's like yep I made him do it. That was just one of his last words. I couldn't do it so I made him do it. So I mean well I don't like ugly, so that's why he probably died of pneumonia. But it would have been a it would have been a totally switch of game if Marvin would have did that to him. Then they would have been like, he's wrong because all them years they lied and lied, talk about Marvin was in there, haul of drugs, and just started chirping. But that wasn't the truth. Yeah, and the funny thing is, a lot of people used to say that it was a Illuminati hit. So I don't know how true that is probably speculation conspiracy theory stuff well we know one thing in the damn conspiracy theory is that he wanted to do that that's premeditated i don't give a damn how nobody put it he never liked it and he found a way to take him out i mean i think that's just jealousy you know like i said last time a lot of those people ain't right they be around here talking about spreading god's word god don't tell you to go around killing people no, and the whole thing is when you have kids, you want to lift them up and encourage them to do better and do things in life. And Marvin was doing that. Marvin was doing 10 times better than any kid, then, <laughs> you know? He didn't depend on them. And then his poor depression over Tammy Terrell. Yeah. I can never find anything saying that they were in a romantic relationship, but obviously he had feelings for her because they did do a lot of duets together. Just by confining him, like, well, she don't have to worry about him harming her. He's probably her safe space. Yeah. It's all That's, abuse and stuff. Right. James Brown and David Ruff in them show, was it? And see how that ended up for them. Like we said, guys don't like ugly. Well, thank you to all our listeners. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, like, and comment. And also remember, we are available on the following platforms. Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Our Facebook page is Diversity in the D. 
Our email is diversityinthed at gmail.com, but it's spelled D-I-B-E-R-C-I-T-Y in the D. Our next week's episodes are Coney Island Shootings. Big shout out to everybody who supported us and listened to our podcast, liked, subscribed, and followed. Thank you guys. Happy Sunday. Can't wait to see you guys on Tuesday. Have a good night. Bye.